Blue Wire. Think about Lawrence. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott dodges the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Welcome into episode 153 of Press Pass. Kayla Anderson here with Joshua Perry. And this is weird. There is no college football this weekend. Yes, we have reached the end of the regular season. And now we just kind of wait for all the drama to unfold. Storylines, you know, to pop up here and there. Is it kind of weird for you, Joshua? Just you spend so much of your time covering college football. And and now is, can I, can I ask, do you get a little bit of time off? Uh no, uh, ah! no. But it is no time up. That you know, there's not really college football season. Although we made mention of this, and and part of it has been like, you know, these last couple of seasons of you know pandemic adjustments, and you know, last year with some rule changes with transfer portal and NIL and all that kind of stuff. Like there have there's been no shortage of storylines in the off season. So we've got plenty to talk about in general. It's just weird that there are no games to talk about. Yeah, and I remember when we hit this point last year, and it was so different because we were really just um, kind of still dealing with the pandemic and you know, the the change and everything that had happened uh, for that season and the changes that kept on happening after that. So it will be interesting to see like what this year is like coming out of um, this season where I'm not going to say it was 100% normal, Joshua, but I felt like we got back to a lot of the things that college football, you know, is and bringing back the fans in the stadiums and bringing back normal schedules where you're playing non-conference opponents and not just having a conference schedule. In any way, do you feel like having gone through the pandemic side of things really made college football fans appreciate college football even more this season? I would hope so. I mean, you know, it was very difficult. I think for so many folks, sports is a reprieve from their normal life and everything was disrupted in our typical lives. And then for sports, it was the same thing. It it was like we couldn't just run away from our reality to sports like we typically could. Like sports was reflective of what the reality was for the rest of society. And so I think having fans back and being able to go to games and or even if you're not going to the games, like I think the TV broadcast crews did mm-hmm. a phenomenal job. And like I'll specifically give a pat on the back to Fox this year yeah. for their production in a lot of their games because they had um, Wisconsin and Penn State uh, early on in the year and they did a phenomenal job of uh, showcasing jump around at Camp Oh, Randall. that was great. You know, yeah, right in that break between the third and the fourth quarter. And it just, it was college football. And those are the types of things that I think people were excited to get back to. It's something that really stood out in my mind. I haven't been on campus for a game in a really long time, but just watching them and seeing the excitement of people in the stadiums and, and like I said, the way that the television crews uh, you know, really played it up this year, I thought was phenomenal. 
Yeah, I loved that moment. That was one that will stick out to me, too, is when they showed everybody jumping around. And they not only showed it, they actually completely stopped talking as a broadcast crew and just let yep. you listen and feel like what it was like. And you kind of felt like you were in the stadium. So that was a really cool moment. So when you look at this year as a whole and you look at the teams and we obviously know that Georgia is the champion and we saw really pretty much from the beginning how good of a team Georgia was, especially defensively. But is there a team that you felt like um, you were kind of disappointed, couldn't get to the top or, or maybe a team where you expected a little bit more out of them? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give you a team. <laughs> right here right? Columbus, Ohio. I wonder the Ohio who that State is. Buckeyes. Yeah, and it was it was a really unique year because you know there were a lot of things that I think could have indicated that it would be a slight step back from uh twenty twenty, but I also think that the expectation's always high for Ohio State. But you know, CJ Stroud was a first year starter and he was coming off of the heels of some really good quarterback play where you had Dwayne Haskins, and that went straight into um, our guy Justin Fields. And then, you know, you, you've got a a guy who you knew was going to be pretty good, but you had never seen before. And, of course, it's always an adjustment when quarterbacks first get into the game and they have to really uh, lead a team for the first time in live action and not just getting practice reps. Mm-hmm. And so for him, I think that he really progressed pretty quickly, but there were some moments where he looked like a young quarterback. Sure. And then there was always a question of Ohio State's defense because in 2020, there were a number of performances that were pretty alarming. Uh, their game against Indiana, where they gave up like 9,000 yards of offense and, <laughs> you know, 42 points or whatever the case was, you were like, damn. I know Indiana's good, but I don't, I don't know if they should be doing all that. <laughs> and then their game against Alabama, the national title, it was like, shoot, I know Mac Jones can throw that thing, and I know right. Devontae's pretty good, but geez, oh, Pete, they can't stop anybody. <laughs> they look like a colander right now. <laughs> and so there were the questions about whether the defense was going to be able to, um, you know, make adjustments and get better, which they totally didn't. And Ryan Day has since revamped the whole defensive staff uh, save for Larry Johnson. So, um, that was one team, but then you had some other teams that did the exact opposite. Like we didn't, I, at least I didn't think Michigan was going to be a college football playoff team. I, yeah. I thought that they could be a, you know, people were expecting them to be a seven win team. Yeah. I thought that they could make it to the nine win mark. Um, I had no intention that they were going to be able to win 11 games in the regular season. No, uh, Cincinnati, we knew it was going to be good, but we we didn't think a group of five was going to make it to the playoffs. So you had those stories as well. Yeah, I liked the – I definitely liked the Cincinnati storyline this season. I thought that was, um, you know, enjoyable. And just for the fact that you kind of knew the man that Luke Fickle is and you know his background and you obviously speak so highly of him. I covered him for a couple seasons, but you played for him. Um, so you kind of know – him very very well and so you've spoke so highly of him so you kind of root for Cincinnati and you root for that program and I just thought it was amazing because so many people wanted to count them out at times this season and there was a time where it did not look like they were going to make the college football playoff and um, they did and so I thought that was a really good story I'll go to what I thought was an extremely big disappointment and I'll go I'll 
bring it back down here to the SEC. And I just thought the Florida, the Florida situation was an absolute disaster. I, I yeah. just, it was disgustingly embarrassing. Whatever you want to say to to describe that program and what what happened to it this season, Joshua. To me, it was an embarrassment for any kind of Florida alum. Okay, so I think the whole state of Florida um, and the whole state of Texas, if we're being true, totally real about it, except for Baylor, like. You stink, you the stink. both of them. And there's so much talent, but it's just like, you know, like you say, University of Florida, very, um, at least recently, you know, just a, a program that we've been able to rely on that's probably going to get you, you know, a good 10 wins. And sure. it's tough to win games in the SEC, but Florida has been uh, generally stable. But you look at like Florida State, they have not been good. Miami hasn't been good. And then no. even like, a UCF, which, if anything, they've been kind of like the banner program. Um, and, sure. and they weren't like <laughs> you go to the state of Texas, University of Texas, which we talk about all the time. They weren't that good. TCU and Gary Patterson parted ways after many, many, many years. Um, you know, like Houston was probably outside of Baylor the best school in Texas this year. Um, it's really interesting yeah. seeing these talent-rich states with some of the flagship programs that are really struggling. Um, so I'm curious to see how quickly they can get those things turned around. Talk about another program that struggled this year that has been really good in probably the last decade, but specifically like the last six years, is Clemson. Oh, and yeah. About it just Clemson. goes to show how important Shoot. quarterback play is. Yeah, well, crazy because – you and I both talked about DJ Uyunglele headed into the season. I mean, this was a guy who had, you know, NIL deals, a, yep. a guy that we thought was probably going to take it to not another level, but take the next big step. And yep. it was like, he was an utter disappointment, Joshua. Like it, it was not good. And you're right. I mean, nowadays, if your quarterback can't be who they need to be, you're going to have issues. And I'm not saying that was the only issue with Clemson, but it, it certainly was a big issue. Oh, it was a big issue. And and he, you know, he struggled, especially early on. And yeah. I think he started to turn a corner just a little bit late in the year. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're, we're used to seeing Dabo with, um, <laughs> you know, Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. As of late, and right. those are two really good quarterbacks. And so for DJU not being exactly what was anticipated, um, it really threw a wrench into his plans because as well as Dabo has recruited, I don't think that he has the best roster um, ever. No. Like, I, I think they've done a, a better job of developing guys and um, teaching guys how to play within a system. Sure. than they have of just recruiting, like, elite talent that's just straight up better than people. Um, yeah. Outside of the quarterback position, who can elevate folks? And and so it really showed this year. That's why it'll be interesting to see, you know, how what, – what path Clemson goes down and just, you know, if they can get back to the top quickly. So I'm interested to see how that unfolds here to this next season. One more team that I wanted to bring up that I felt really went – um, and overachieved Joshua 
is I'm going to stay in that area and I'm staying in the SEC. Uh, I'm going with South Carolina. Look, <laughs> what Shea Bieber did uh, down there and with a, a grad assistant who ended up being their quarterback, uh, it was pretty amazing. They, they finished with a 7-6 and six record. And this is a team, and, and also, mind you, made the bowl game and won the bowl game against North Carolina. Um, I mean, a lot of people did not even think he would win a few games, let alone seven games. And I just thought he really went in there, got this, this program to believe, got these kids to believe. I really feel like there could be some, some good things to come. I mean, they got Spencer Rattler in, from the transfer portal. Yeah. No, I mean, I think a lot of folks are very excited about what Beamer can do there. And um, I think he's brought a renewed energy in terms of the players to that program. Like, mm-hmm. I think guys are excited to play for him. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned a, a seven and six record. So they finish with a winning season, which is really good. Um, you know, the SEC East, I feel like, is where you would rather be than the West. And, and they yeah. finished, um, you know, I, I think third from last in that division. But you also feel like they're very there's a lot of upward mobility because when you look at the SEC East, it was Georgia who ran the table in that side of the conference, but then like Kentucky who finished second on that side of the conference was five and three. Mm -hmm. Right. So like there's a big drop off between eight, no conference record and a five and three conference record And South Carolina was three and five. So really, you know, that's, that's a, a, a couple wins difference between where South Carolina finished and where Kentucky finished a second. Right. And so you feel like they can steal a couple wins over there between a Missouri and a Tennessee and even a Kentucky. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they finished ahead of Florida already. Like there is a legitimate opportunity for them to become a riser over there in the SEC East. And I'd be very curious to see how long it takes, because I don't think it can take very long. Like you mentioned, Rattler coming in there. So you've got yeah. a guy who who can immediately elevate if if Beamer can connect with him which they have a relationship built from when Beamer was at Oklahoma anyway. I think exactly. it's a really good situation. I do too. And I think just, I think the whole Spencer Rattler situation was, it just, there was a lot going on there. I think that he was, I think that he lost his confidence because I don't think, I mean, I think he's got talent and I yeah. just think it needs to be in the right place for him yeah. to, to kind of break out of a shell or just be able to do what he needs to do. Um, and so that's why I think maybe this could be a great situation for him. You talked about the prior relationship between the two. I just, I love this part of college football. Maybe this is why I like parts of the transfer portal is maybe when, when these situations occur and it just kind of went South in one, in one place. And then you can maybe have a, a, what, a second chance in a way somewhere else and see what you can make of it. Like that's what makes the the storylines in college football so interesting. So that I think this is what the, the portal was about Me too. Yeah. is, is, you know, not just, Oh, well, you know, I need to run away from one thing because yeah. my coach was mean or because, um, you know, I, I don't think I'm playing enough and you've only been on campus for like a year. I truly do think it's in, in especially this situation, but a guy like Spencer Rattler, where, We've seen him play really well at his high end. Felt like it wasn't a great fit. He got benched. Uh, and then his coach, his old coach left anyway. Like, he's the guy who needs a fresh start. You feel like he would do really good in a situation where 
especially now there's less of a media circus. Like yeah. this is good yep. for him. That's what I was just going to say. Maybe not as much pressure. Okay. So the other thing that we've seen in college football this year was just the carousel of coaches continues to be a thing. I mean, coaches are leaving left and right. Coaches are leaving right before the end of the season, before you know teams are going to bowl games or have even a chance of possibly making the college football championship, a.k.a. Uh, Notre Dame. So there's obviously been a lot of shuffling. But one coach that we hadn't really heard anything about until – towards the real end of the season, and now we're starting to hear more about it, is Jim Harbaugh. And we've said what a great job he's done this season. He really got this team to believe. You and I have been hammering this guy for the last you know, couple of years just because he hasn't been able to bring his team to where it needs to be. But for the most part, he did that this year. He got that team into the college football playoff. And so now you're hearing the rumors, Joshua, that he could possibly – go back to the NFL. My question is, is do you think that would really happen? And if so, why, why leave now? Okay. So there have been rumors about Jim Harbaugh going back to the NFL in some circles that I run in mm-hmm. since uh, like November. Okay. Um, and the rumored organization was the Raiders. Okay. So this has been floating around for a while, and he's got history with the Raiders. He's also got history with the Bears in the NFL. Sure. But he's been successful as a coach out on the West Coast. He has. That's where he spent a lot of his career. Um, so it's really unique. There was um, a, a guy named Ed Dodds who is interviewing for the GM role there in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and that's a little bit interesting too um, because – Harbaugh and Dodds had spent some time together, um, I think, in Vegas, actually, when Harbaugh was a quarterback coach and Dodds was, like, first getting his start. Now, Ed Dodds has also spent uh, time around uh, Dan Quinn, who's going to be a hot name, and uh, uh, Matt Eberflus, who's going to be a hot name as well. So these guys have have all crossed paths, but there's, there's a little bit of overlap there, and you want the GM and the head coach. To have a good relationship. All that to say that Jim Harbaugh's name has been thrown around for a couple of these openings. Specifically, I'm hearing it's really heating up for the Raiders and the Giants. And mm-hmm. this this is a very unique time for him because if you remember, he was playing on that deal, uh, playing, coaching on that cheap-ass deal yep. from Michigan. Oh, yeah. Uh, kind of a prove-it situation where it was very incentive-laden. And, and he did a great job, and, and he earned his incentives, which he ended up donating back to the university, which is also a really good story. So kudos to him for doing that. And now Michigan's going to have to pony up because he's, he's got a lot of interest. And and quite frankly, um, if you're Michigan, I think you, you do need to pay him and you need to do a a couple other things as well is you need to up his assistant pool because Uh, (laughs) even this off season, he's lost a couple of assistant coaches. So you need to make sure that he can pay some of those guys more money. And uh, you need to also, change your admission standards and and Michigan swears that they are Harvard. Um, They think that they're on the same plane as Notre Dame and Northwestern and Stanford. And I am not trying to say by any stretch of the imagination that Michigan is a bad school because it is a very good school. But when you want to be 
Stanford. And when you want to be Notre Dame, you want to be Northwestern, you want to be Harvard, you're never going to be Ohio State when it comes to football. And what I mean by that is you're, you, you, it's hard to win championships if if you won't admit kids in the transfer portal or if it's difficult to admit kids uh, from high school in recruiting. And this is not to say that Ohio State doesn't have standards because they absolutely do. Um, but it is to say that the university and the athletic department work extremely hard um, to help a kid who may need some more academic support and may need some more attention early on in his career to be admitted to the school. And Michigan doesn't necessarily, they do it with high school kids. They don't necessarily do it with the mm -hmm. transfer portal and it makes it difficult. So that's basically the situation is Michigan's got some work that they would need to do to make Jim Harbaugh happy. Jim Harbaugh beat Ohio State for the first time in his coaching career, made it to a college football playoff, won a Big Ten championship. If there's a time to go, his name isn't going to be any hotter in NFL circles than it is right now. There's literally a quarter of NFL jobs open right now. So he's got plenty of opportunities if that's what he wants to do. Um, so yeah, this will be interesting to watch. Well, that's why I think it just solely comes down to what he wants to do. I don't even know. I mean, obviously money matters, but I feel like, okay, is Jim Harbaugh at the point where he's gone to the college route? He's, you know, worked hard to try to get this team to be relevant. And then finally it's happened this year. And you would think most head coaches, that would be an encouragement to, okay, now we're, we're getting some momentum. Let's get this going. Let's keep this going. At the same time, I could look at Jim Harbaugh in the situation. Look, Jim Harbaugh, I don't, I don't think he's like the best recruiter. Uh, I don't know if that's the thing that he loves the most about college football. I, I mean, that's why in a way I feel like you could go, okay, let's, let's leave this in, in the past let's go back to the nfl where i don't need to worry about any of this thing i know i found success in the nfl right you know or before too and so i could see that being the case as well as sometimes i just think the college game there's so much work that goes into it and not to say that there isn't in the nfl but it's just different yeah and and for jim harbaugh too like his offense feels um more nfl than yeah. a lot of other programs. His defense certainly had a lot of elements of uh, uh, NFL defenses, and that's because his defensive coordinator just came from the Ravens. Um, and so even from that regard, like I think you can be successful with a kind of a pro-style offense in college, but I think that the offenses that are the best are the ones that have, um, you know, they're, they're more spread out and they have elite athletes running up and down them. Um, yeah. I don't think he's hit on his elite quarterback since he's been in college and no. maybe JJ McCarthy ends up being the guy. Um, but he hasn't done that yet. Uh, I think that he's got, I think he's got above average offensive skill. I don't think he's got elite offensive skill. Like he does, he, he hasn't had a Chris Olave. Um, he hasn't had a Garrett Wilson or even a Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, although he's had a Donovan Peoples Jones, who's been a very good player and, uh, he had a Ronnie Bell who was out this year who's a very good player. But, like, he hasn't had those top-end, truly elite guys um, at the skill positions. Yeah. So I think you bring up a great point about the recruiting as well. Um, he's a good recruiter. He's not he, – I don't think he's a truly elite recruiter. 
Yep, exactly. And so my final question about Michigan and this whole situation, if he does end up leaving to take one of these NFL jobs, Joshua, what does that do to Michigan? I, I mean, I think they're they're going to be in a decent spot. It's just, you know, it's easy to um, – I think it's really easy to hire the wrong guy. I do too. Uh, and that's where I think most programs really go wrong. It's where Michigan went wrong for a while is, uh, you know, when they hired Rich Rod, he ended up being the wrong guy. Brady yeah. Oak was a fraud. Um, you know, so they <clears throat> they had some hiring issues. I think when you flip it to Ohio State, their rival, I think that's the one thing Ohio State's done yep. really, really well for yep. decades is, you know, like the worst thing about uh, John Cooper was the fact that he didn't beat Michigan, but yeah, he won exactly. a ton of games. Yep. You know, they were competing in Rose Bowls. Um, and then you follow that up with Jim Trestle, who, who basically only knew how to beat Michigan and won a national title, and Irvin did the same thing. Yeah, um, and, and Ryan, you know, he he has his loss to Michigan, but he's put Ohio State in the national title game, and he has a victory against Michigan. All that to say, Ohio State's hired well. Michigan, that's where they struggled, and other programs have struggled with hiring as well. So, if you're Michigan, who are you looking at? Yep. And I think Matt Campbell is going to be a hot name mm-hmm. that people would be very interested in. Um, I think there's an opportunity to promote from within and go with a Mike Hart. If you think he's ready to take that next step in his career, he's a, a you know, former Michigan player, he's running backs coach. I think players really love him. I think he'd be a great recruiter. The question would be, um, you know, would he have the, the cachet to be able to hire um, elite offensive and defensive coordinators because he would have to be more of a CEO type of guy um, because he's never been a coordinator and he's, you know, I think he would need some, some coaches that could bring a little bit of infrastructure just because he's a young coach. Um, I think he can get the job done though, for sure. And then a name that folks probably won't love me saying, Uh but I think would be the best one for the job. If he would take it is Luke fickle. Yeah. Like if you're Michigan, why, literally, why wouldn't you hire Luke Fickle? Luke Fickle um, should have been, in my opinion, in the conversation for the Ohio State job when they hired Ryan Day sure. after Urban left. But I, I think that they wanted to keep the continuity and they wanted Ryan. And I'm not saying Ryan was a mistake at all. He's done a phenomenal job. But I, I really don't think there was a ton of conversation um, outside of going with Ryan Day. I think Luke is that good of a coach. Um Notre Dame definitely wanted him, but the timeline wasn't going to work for how Luke wanted to make his exit if he were to take that job because he didn't want to leave his team during a playoff run, which I respect the hell out of. Uh, But now all that stuff is over, and Luke Fickle is one of the best coaches in the country. He's got familiarity with the Big Ten, with the Midwest, with Ohio State, which he would have to beat every year for Michigan to go to. Big Ten championship game for Michigan to compete in the playoff like they did this year. I think that's a guy. I don't know if he'd take the job. I think he would strongly consider it. It'd be yeah. a hell of a pay bump. It's one of the jobs in college football. Um, we don't know if Ohio State's going to open up anytime soon. Like Ryan could go sure. to the league in the sure. next two, three, four years. Or Ryan could spend the next 10 years as a coach at Ohio State. You just don't know. Um, so that would be the guy I would say. You know, if you're if you're Michigan, um, I would pay him ten million a year. Look at you. He's yeah. saying it first, folks. Just yeah. saying. You know, hey, he'd be worth every penny of the ten million too. Sometimes, sometimes sure. things, right? 
sometimes we do on here we speak into existence just keep that in mind yeah just say you know? I don't know if I you want to speak know. that into existence. No, though, I, I know, I know you don't. I know that's exactly right. But it's but, like, but I, I think if you're smart, that's what would happen. Exactly. Yeah. Real quick, I thought this was uh, interesting. So clearly, I cover the Tennessee Titans. It's pretty much what I do every day of my life. Um, and so Cincinnati is coming into town, and you know, me spending time in Ohio familiar with Cincinnati. I'm also familiar with Cincinnati because there's a lot of Ohio State players on this roster. I was going down a roster, Joshua, and obviously Joey Burrow. I mean, I covered Joey in uh, high school, and then obviously when he went to Ohio State, he ended up transferring, but he was there. I remember the, the, the wolf, you know, howling out the moon shirt that he wore to camp. I remember yep. that stuff. Uh, I was looking down the roster the other day, and I was like, whoa. I, I mean, obviously, we knew Sam Hubbard was there. Um, but I was like, Eli Apple, Von Bell. Yep. I mean, these are all guys yep. you played with that I covered. Yep. And, I think Isaiah Prince is on that roster. Isaiah too, Prince right? is on that roster. Yeah. 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 I mean. These are all guys I played with now. I, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's crazy. Those are all your homeboys, and they all yeah. know Joey B., and, yep. and then Joey B also has all his LSU homeboys there. I'm like, I know. this this team is revolved around Joe. Well, I mean, Joe B I, is like the next big thing, like ever to come out of Ohio. Like I, I when think, it's all said and done. I think you're on with that one. Like it's a it, he he's a young quarterback, but like those are some some now. I mean, Von Bell is technically like a, a seasoned veteran now, and so I know Eli Apple, which is wild. But like those guys are still like young. Yes. Like, I think I'm young. So. I think you're young, too. I think I'm <laughs> young, like, and I'm not young. So. Yeah, exactly. I, look, look, <laughs> you, are. You, you will always be young, but I'll be young forever, too. But I guess the moral of that story is, like, they are a very unique team because I think yeah. that they've got some youth there that provides a bunch of energy and spark. Yeah. They're an edgy team. I think Joe has, has always been an edgy guy. Um, but, like, you can tell that they're confident, and yeah. they they kind of, like, you know, they've got that chip on their shoulder a little bit of that F you in their yeah. eyes when they look at you. And, you know, they, they kind of like being a little bit of a junkyard dog where you sure. know, people respect that they, they're they a tough team that plays hard. But, you know, I'm not exactly sure that they've really earned the respect on the block yet. It's like, um, quite frankly, I'm a little bit torn on this game. Yeah, I think a lot of people I, are. You know, I, I think the Titans have been a phenomenal story this year. Um I love Mike Vrabel, and I, I love the fact that he's having success in the NFL. Like, I think this is perfect for him. Um, when he was coaching in college, I, I thought that he was a, a really good college coach, but I'm like, this dude needs to be coaching grown men in the league because he can he just connects. Yep. Um, and you can tell that he does. And so shout out to, to Vrabes, and I, I just I appreciate the way that he's been able to get the job done in the NFL because it's a hard gig. Um, and um, I was born in Nashville, so I, I do have a slight affinity toward the Titans. But, but, they're all my guys, man. And, and, and I know. it's an Ohio team. I so know. I'll be watching this game fondly. Uh, I think it's going to be, I think this is going to be an extremely, I think the two AFC games are going to be really fun. I do too. I think that the Bills have a legitimate chance to really stun. Yep. Uh, Kansas, Kansas City, City. Mm-hmm. and I, I think that this this other game with the Titans and the Bengals is going to be a lot of fun too. 
I do too. I, I really am looking forward to this. And again, this is what makes my job so rewarding in a way because these are the times where you're covering these big games, but you're covering it now at the next level. You're, you're covering these kids you remember in college. Like I call them kids because that's how I remember them. And then you see them, you see them in their career grow. And now you get to cover a lot of guys you covered and you saw won a national championship. You were a part of that coverage. And now you're covering them against a, a, you know, a team that you're covering every day of your life. And it's a big game. The AFC, you know, championship is on the line like that. I mean, it's a big deal. And so I just think it's like a really that's the rewarding part about our business is being able to be at this point. And then you just kind of feel like, you know, just a little bit more, right? I mean, it's like, right. okay, I know the storylines a little bit more than other people do because when you have covered guys in the league before it, you just have that natural ability to kind of have the connection with the stories and stuff. So that's always fun. Yeah. I think this is going to be a really fun week for you specifically, but I yeah. can't wait to watch the games this weekend. It's going to be fun. Well, we appreciate you guys tuning in for another episode of Press Pass. Joshua, where can the folks go to follow you on social media? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at RIP underscore J-E-P. And you can follow me at Kayla Anderson TV on Insta and Twitter as well. I know there's no college football, so I can't say enjoy the games this weekend, but... There is a lot of good NFL football going on, so you can watch some of your former favorite players if you'd like. And we will continue to bring you the storylines because I know that will never stop, even in the offseason. We promise you that. Okay, you guys have a great weekend, and we'll see you back here next week.